Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Swoboda. This is Speaking of Wounds, brought to you by the Wound Care Learning Network. Today, we're talking about some of the wound care basics. So in the wound care community, discussions often occur regarding the newest, coolest innovation or the most current research studies. But in the day-to-day practice, a wound clinician will find themselves continually educating patients and other clinicians on the basic fundamentals of wound care. Almost weekly, someone will be thoroughly surprised as I explain to them that wounds shouldn't be left open to dry. They often respond with a degree of anger, explaining that actually another healthcare professional had advised them to do things like soak their diabetic feet or leave the wound open to air at night to dry it out. Explaining the reasoning behind avoidance of these types of interventions requires an understanding of the cellular biology and pathophysiology involved in the outcomes that they influence. While each basic wound care practice has not only manuscripts, but likely book chapters and meta-analyses on it, the ability to explain these concepts in a concise manner at differing educational levels allows the wound specialist to educate clinicians and patients alike and spread the good word of evidence-based wound healing interventions. The most frequented short educational explanations on the basics of wound care include not leaving wounds open to air, decreasing dressing change frequency, and avoidance of gauze dressings. A simple explanation is that wounds that are covered heal faster with less infection than wounds that are left open to air. White blood cells and healing cells need to be able to swim around in there to find bacteria and to heal. Most patients and some providers are happy with that definition. Wound healing primarily occurs through granulation tissue formation and epidermal resurfacing. So wounds first fill in and then the edges creep across. Angiogenesis and extracellular matrix creation leads to granulation tissue formation in concert with epithelial cells, including keratinocytes, performing epidermal resurfacing by migrating centripetally, so from the edges towards the center, until contact inhibition occurs. These processes are facilitated in a moist, balanced wound environment. Leukocytes, such as neutrophils and macrophages, also require a moist wound environment to function optimally. When leukocyte migration is impaired, bioburden in the wound increases as bacteria and necrotic debris is not cleared through processes like phagocytosis. Covering a wound with a protective dressing does more than just maintain a moist wound environment. This is why dressings are generally indicated instead of simply using an occlusive ointment, as some specialties prefer. While using ointments and barrier pastes as standalone wound treatments may be adequate for partial thickness wounds, things like stage 1 and 2 pressure injuries or incontinence-associated dermatitis, it's generally avoided due to the added benefits that dressings provide. These benefits include minimizing bacterial contamination, maintaining normothermia, and protecting wounds from trauma. So local hypothermia of the wound bed affects the chemical processes involved in healing. And this includes everything from chemical reactions of enzymes to the production and use of growth factors. Local cooling at the wound bed or hypothermia also increases the risk for infection due to vasoconstriction. 
in decreased migration and phagocytosis of leukocytes. When dressings are used over bony prominences, they can also offload a small amount of pressure by dispersing the load throughout the dressing, and some dressings absorb shear. While some well-meaning patients and clinicians may feel that a gauze dressing meets these purposes, gauze dressings are actually generally avoided for a number of reasons. Um, Gauze doesn't protect the wound from bacterial contamination. We know that bacteria have been able to penetrate through over 60 layers of gauze. Gauze also can contribute to inflammation in the wound environment by causing a foreign body type reaction when fibers are retained, as well as its inability to remove inflammatory wound fluids from the wound dressing interface. Newer dressings are able to hold drainage away from the wound bed. This traps bio-burden, including bacteria, proteases, and inflammatory cytokines. It holds it away from the wound environment. Because gauze does not hold fluid away from the wound bed and peri-wound, it has to be changed daily. So frequent dressing changes expose the wound to potential bacterial contamination, contribute to trauma on healing tissues, cause hypothermia at the wound bed, and they also have negative cost and quality of life associations. The seminal research on moist wound healing demonstrating expedited healing with dressings versus desiccation was published by Dr. Winter in the journal Nature back in 1962. So now, almost 60 years later, wound specialists are still required to explain the need for advanced wound dressings to expedite wound healing, lower infection rates, decrease pain, and facilitate better cosmetic outcomes. Simply put, wounds heal faster with less infection when they're covered appropriately.